Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Antediluvian Revelations, a poetic retelling of the Book of Enoch, the Prophet. This is the final segment of the Revised Summary Discussion for Part 4. Enoch Foretold the Future The second canto in this fourth part ends short of 12 subsegments, but there really has been no effort to ensure a specific number of subsegments for every canto. The predictions appearing in the second canto of this part are pretty shocking, because most of them are about the 20th and 21st centuries. Such things as the United Nations, members of this organization, and the laws associated with them appear in the poetry, which describes how these nations will align in various groups and conspire to control the world with the directive to result in world peace. The problem is that the leaders of these nations are all faithless sinners and idol worshippers. Because of their greed, hatred, bigotry, and deceitfulness, these mindless national leaders will cause World War III and complete destruction of the planet in global thermonuclear warfare. The nuclear clock is at 90 seconds and decreasing every day. An alternate perspective on the meaning of the ancient prediction in the New Testament book of Revelation is that this last war, which follows a plague upon mankind as punishment for all of the deaths in other wars over the last 100 years, begins with a conflict between Russia and Ukraine. The second beast who rises to power in the world while blasphemously proclaiming his ability to perform miracles, asynchronously contributes to exacerbating national conflicts in the world by imposing economic sanctions and constantly arming the weaker of two nations in a bloody conflict, which will ultimately cause global economic failure amid an increase in violence and unrest around the world. Today, this fourth edition of the text finds European nations clamoring for the preparation of war and sending troops to form up a new front in Eastern Europe in preparation for war with Russia. Iran and its proxies are intensifying their attacks on American assets in the Middle East. North Korea threatens to use nuclear weapons on the United States almost daily, and China considers Taiwan a de facto state of the People's Republic of China. In the officially recognized One China Declaration, Joe Biden has been bought and paid for by the Communist China, and the United States is being invaded by lawless droves of illegal immigrants bringing deadly doses of narcotics designed to kill overly privileged white Americans. All efforts to prevent an escalation to all-out war between Iran and Israel will fail because the second beast abandons all nuclear weapons development negotiations with Iran despite Russia and China, whose government leaders have always known Iran will be the tenth nation in the world to acquire nuclear weapons because they will help them do it when aligning with Iran during Russia's war with NATO which is being provoked by the senseless actions of NATO nations illegitimately supporting Ukrainian fascism. The second beast travels to other nations to trick world leaders into worshipping him as leader of the world in support of a fascist regime and remnant of Nazi Germany. The beast makes secret quid pro quo deals with various leaders and governmental factions in order to secure their loyalty and praise for him. Unfortunately for the rest of humanity, the second beast is completely unaware of the evil that he does in the world, and he will ultimately lose everything, including his own life. The result of American idol-worshipping and dealing with the devil himself enables Russia and China to further assist Iran to develop nuclear weapons, 
which makes that nation the tenth nation in the world to have nuclear weapons and the seventh nation in the world to have ballistic missile delivery capability. Ten and seven are symbolically significant in Enoch's prophecies, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The significance of these two numbers in biblical text is undeniable, and there is a significant fact about these numbers that correlates to why these two numbers are important prophetic warnings. The tenth day of the seventh month is also known as the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. It was on the seventh day of the tenth month that Hamas began its war with Israel. At the time the author writes this text, there are only nine nations with nuclear weapons, and only six nations can deliver nuclear weapons with ballistic missiles. The seven heads and ten horns, description appearing in Revelation chapter 13 verse 1, supports this prediction that Iran will be the tenth nation to have nuclear weapons, and it will be the seventh nation to have ballistic missile delivery capability. Iran already has ballistic missile delivery capability of conventional weapon systems, so retrofitting their already existing delivery platforms with nuclear weapons will be as easy as changing a flat tire. It has also become known that Iran has enough nuclear weapons-grade materials to build its first nuclear weapon. Iran can build a nuclear weapon in as little time as two weeks, and it may take even less time than anyone can predict because there are many secret actions occurring among these nations who will rise up to oppose the beast in this final war. As this fourth edition is reaching its finality, military and political experts are saying that Iran has the capability to produce 12 nuclear weapons in only five months. Several indications of how Iran is staged to become a nuclear power in the near future are undeniable when considering how non-NATO nations are aligning with each other in opposition of the beast who conspires to lead NATO into World War III and global nuclear destruction of the planet. Enoch returns to Earth on several occasions. The last part of this second canto was really difficult to separate from the content of the dream visions because it had components of both prophecy and sermon. The last part in this version of the Enoch story is Enoch's admonishment for his family. Enoch was only on the earth for one year before being taken away again, but he returned later when called upon by Methuselah and Noah. In summation, Enoch returns to the earth a total of three times in the story. He returns to educate Methuselah, he returns when Noah is born because Methuselah calls to him, and he returns when Noah calls to him before the great flood. These occurrences could have been as either physical or spiritual manifestations, and they appropriately fit in the category of CE5 events because Enoch had become an earth-originating and space-bearing spiritual being. He was no longer merely human. He had evolved to live extraterrestrially. Because the information within Enoch's testimony clearly tells that he was capable of returning to the earth in a reasonably acceptable human form, it is also quite possible that he has returned to the earth on other occasions throughout history. According to this understanding of how God has allowed Enoch and Elijah to return to the earth by the instrumentality of the Watchers, it is also possible that Jesus Christ has returned to the earth on occasions other than his resurrection immediately following crucifixion. While there are many pagan Christians who proclaim they await the second coming of Christ as the Son of God, who will descend from the heavens magically in rays of light, the truth is that he will come without their ever knowing he has been here. 
those pagan blasphemers who call themselves Christians will be left behind for their polytheistic blasphemy of Almighty God. The most truthful statement about it all is that we await Judgment Day, which will be the day Christ returns to bring heaven and earth together for the glory of God. The rapture will be the moment when God retrieves all the righteous souls of mankind before enabling the destruction of earth and punishment of the wicked. The Intervention of Jesus Christ There really is no limit to the number of times that a human transfigured with everlasting life can return to the earth. The premise for this argument appears within the antediluvian revelations explanation of the events regarding Enoch's return to earth on multiple occasions. Because Enoch returned to the earth several times after being transfigured to have eternal life, it is also reasonable to accept that Jesus Christ will return prior to Judgment Day to prepare the righteous for God's wrath to come in the Apocalypse. The second coming of Jesus Christ will be the final CE6 event in the history of mankind, and the souls of the righteous and true believers in God's eternal truth will be reaped from the earth in the event many Christians call the rapture. God's third attempt to intervene in the evolution of mankind occurred when Jesus first walked the earth to follow the paths of Raphael and Michael, when he healed the sick, cast out demons, prophesied future events, and taught God's eternal truth. He left the earth ascending into heaven after walking the path of Fanwell. Jesus Christ delivered the message of repentance and the hope for everlasting life while suffering unto death because he knew he had been transfigured to have everlasting life the same as Enoch and Elijah. Jesus also knew that he was not a pagan human sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin, but he forgave those who murdered him because he truly was the Messiah. The return of Jesus Christ prior to the Day of Judgment and during the 120th Jubilee year will be his final time on earth. The fourth archangel path he must master is the path of Gabriel. Jesus will walk the path of Gabriel by bringing heaven and earth together and revealing the truth of all things, which will complete Christ's existence as a man who followed the paths of four archangels. All the lies about the Godhead will be exposed to all of humanity when God's eternal truth proves all of those false prophets to have been the minions of Satan. All of those liars will perish on earth in the apocalyptic fires of global thermonuclear war, resulting from their worship of false gods and idols. Greed, hatred, avarice, and spite all become the driving forces of those demons of nationalism that threaten the existence of mankind. The evils of racism brought to the earth by those errant extraterrestrial entities have never ceased to torment mankind, and the end of humanity is a fitting solution to the criminal corruption of a species that will cease to exist or its refusal to accept God's eternal truth. While there are seven archangels revealed in the poetic retelling of the Book of Enoch, there are only four archangels whose powers are the paths for the Chosen One. The four angel paths are the characteristic powers of God's archangels given to the Christ, the Anointed One of God. Mastering all four paths is the required progression of spiritual evolution for the Godhead, God's chosen representative of an evolved species. This is the meaning of the path of angels as it appears in Enoch's prophecy, and this knowledge comes from the Holy Spirit. Although the Elohim may have such technological capabilities not clearly known or understood by mankind, the angel paths as they relate to the archangels are not dimensional portals for interstellar transportation. 
The theory of dimensional portals has been proposed by demonically possessed lunatics, but it is clearly not true. The path of angels refers to the spiritual gifts given to the Chosen One, a single divinely chosen representative from among the species anointed with God's Holy Spirit must master the four archangel powers in order to achieve evolutionary progression for the species and take the seat of royalty in a new heaven over a new earth. The three archangel powers God does not permit a man to have are those of Uriel, Raquel, and Serakiel. Uriel has the powers over all of the planets, the stars, and nature as it is known to all of creation. Uriel's powers are fearfully great, and no man may ever possess them. It is only by the command and design of Almighty God that Uriel's powers are known throughout creation as the means by which God can alter, create, and terminate anything in the universe. Raquel is the punishing angel, and it is by God's command that Raquel will bring punishment upon those whom God has judged to be punished. While the wrath of God may be simply stated, all punishment as determined by God may only be known to Raquel, who collaborates with Uriel to execute justice according to God's command. Serakiel's power is not for mankind. Serakiel knows the sin of all God's children, and it is a heavy burden to carry the knowledge of all sin throughout all of creation existing in the universe. No man may ever have the power of knowing the sins of others by the power of God's Holy Spirit, the same as the Archangel Serakiel. But men conspire to know the sins of others by other means. Confession may be the easiest of means by which the sins of others may be known, but the proof of crime for the execution of justice among men is not always a matter of confession. Forgiveness of sin is by repentance and confession to God. Jesus Christ mastered the powers of healing, casting out of demons, prophesying future events, knowing the truth, and teaching the repentance of sin for the gift of everlasting life in the Holy Spirit. Uniting heaven and earth for the glory of God by inciting a holy war is the only archangel characteristic remaining for Jesus Christ to master. The prophesied rapture event will be that moment when all of the righteous souls of mankind will be liberated from the flesh to become eternally spiritual and return to be with God Almighty for having believed in God's eternal truth about Jesus Christ, that he was the one true Messiah, and in his message of repentance for the hope of everlasting life in the Holy Spirit. All who continue to believe the Catholic lie, based on pagan idolatry of gold and ivory statues, symbolic flesh and blood rituals, and human sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin, will suffer in their fleshly bodies during the apocalyptic end for mankind. There will be no salvation for pagans who blaspheme God and refuse the eternal truth of God's Holy Spirit. The remainder of this poetry is likely to inspire a lot of emotion for readers who have begun to understand the meaning and purpose of the story. There is also likely to be a lot of emotion inspired for those who consider all of this a blasphemy of their convictions because they also understand its meaning. The truth of this statement is in the word convictions. It will be the Holy Spirit who will cause them to suffer from their convictions because it is the Holy Spirit who is the judge of all souls. God's true form is the Holy Spirit, and all the righteous will come to know Him and God's eternal truth in His Spirit. The unrighteous, blasphemous, and condemned will reject God's eternal truth because their destinies will be to suffer eternal torment in the chasm of fire. Those who reject God's eternal truth will have too much pride in the works of their hands to admit error, and they will be unwilling to have humility when the prophecy within this book reproves them for their ignorance. 
Well, that concludes the summary discussion of part four. The next episode will be a reload of part five, Kento one. Be sure to subscribe for notifications of new releases. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.